Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Armchair Detectives Wanted. This is our Guilty or Not week. Five used bullets. This is a real life court case. The names and the dates have been changed, but the circumstances are true. You are now a jury member. You decide if they are guilty or not. Will you convict an innocent person or let the guilty walk free? Thank you for taking the time to listen. All rise for Judge Goldsmith. Could the defendant please stand and confirm your name and age? Mrs Peak, 30 years old. You are charged with the murder of Mrs James. How do you plead? Not guilty. Please be seated. Members of the jury, please take your seats and listen carefully to the evidence that is put before you. This is the case for the prosecution. I am Mrs Carson. I live at Green Road. The house is separated into apartments, which I let out to tenants. I first met Mrs Peak about 12 months ago. She signed the tenancy agreement for herself and her husband. I was aware that Mrs Peak's husband was living at a different address with the now deceased Mrs James. On the date in question, I was having a party at the house. There were a number of different people there, downstairs in the kitchen. Around 2.15am, the deceased, Mrs James, and Mrs Dorman, one of the other residents, made their way upstairs. I then heard a shot and a scream. In fact, I heard a total of three gunshots. The only people to go upstairs were the deceased and Mrs Dorman. The other guests remained in the kitchen. I collapsed to the floor when I heard the gunshot fired. When I came to, I was in a room belonging to one of the other tenants. I can confirm that Mrs Peake, the accused, has brought men back to the house at least once or twice from my recollection. I am Mrs Dorman. At about midnight on the day in question, I returned home with Mrs James. I went to her room and got changed. I then made my way downstairs to the kitchen. I did not see anyone else in her room. As I made my way to my own apartment, which is the one below Mrs James, I heard a noise. It sounded like a smashing window. I also heard a scream. I had only been in my room for around three minutes when this occurred. On hearing this, I began to make my way downstairs. As I got to the landing, I saw a tall figure. I couldn't tell if it was a male or a female. I then heard a woman say, Stand clear. I could see that she had something shiny in her hand. I backed into my room, and as I did, I heard the sound of three clicks. I then heard someone shout that she had run down the hall. I did not see anything after that. I am Mr White. At about 2.20am, I was at home, at the address where this incident occurred. I went to my room, which is situated on the ground floor. I would say I had only been there a matter of minutes, maybe five or six, when I heard a shot and a scream. I then heard three more shots in quick succession. I started to walk out of the room when my wife pulled me back in. A few minutes later, I heard people rushing out of the front door. I then made my way onto the landing. The door to the street was open. I could see people running through the door. I went and closed the door. 
A short while later, the police arrived. They escorted Mrs. Peake out of the premises. She asked me to get her bag. As I made my way upstairs, I saw the deceased lying on the landing. She had a wound to her forehead. I felt her pulse, which was extremely low. I made my way into the room and located the handbag. I then handed it to one of the police officers. I am Mr. Bull. I was in the kitchen at the party. It was about 2.30am. I would say there were about seven or eight people present. While at the party, I heard a gunshot and a scream. There seemed to be a pause and then another shot. Everybody then began rushing out of the house and onto the street. I also ran out of the house and onto the street. I saw the accused Mrs. Peake walk out from the doorway. She had a revolver in her hand, which she handed to a police officer saying, Here it is, I did it. While I was in the street, I heard someone shout, She has shot the woman. I am Police Constable Davis. At around 2.35am, I was at the scene of this offence. I observed the accused exit from a doorway on the street. She had a revolver in her hand. I grabbed hold of her hand which contained the gun. As I did, she said, Here I am, it's alright. Don't let them murder me. It was my husband I meant to do. She looked under the bed and I thought I had better let it go. I then made my way with Mrs Peake to the police station. The revolver was handed over to the duty inspector. While documenting Mrs Peake at the station, she said, She lives with my husband. I meant to shoot her. She has ruined my life. Life is now nothing to me. I begged her not to let my husband stop there. I wanted to kill him and frighten them all. I am Police Constable Smythe. I saw Mrs Peake leaving the doorway in the early hours of that morning. I heard her say, Yes, here I am. I shot the woman. She has ruined my life. My husband is the cause of all this. He was constantly gambling. I am Police Sergeant Wright. I made my way into the address where this incident had taken place. While on the second floor landing, I could see the deceased on the floor in a cramped position. Her chest was resting on the third stair down and her head was leaning against the staircase. There did appear to be feeble signs of life and I requested medical attention immediately. At the scene, I was handed a bag and when I took this into the police station, Mrs Peake said, Yes, that is my bag, but where are the letters and keys? The bag was searched and six live cartridges were located inside, but no keys were found. I am Dr Maxwell. I responded to a call for medical assistance. On arrival at the scene, I made my way to the second floor. I saw the victim, Mrs James, who I pronounced life extinct. I could see there was blood to the right side of her chest and a wound above her right eyebrow. Her clothing was intact and I did not see any evidence of a struggle. I am Police Inspector Grayson. While at the police station, I was handed a revolver. On examination, I found that it contained five fused bullets. The barrel of this weapon only holds five bullets. I am Detective Inspector Gow. I charged Mrs Peake with the murder of Mrs James. On reading out the charge, the accused made no reply. I am Mr Franks. I know Mrs Peake. I saw her a month or so before this incident. She came to me saying 
can we speak away from other people? She asked me how to get a gun license. I assisted her with the process. Yes, Exhibit 3 is the firearm application that I helped Mrs Peake with. After she had received her license, we made our way to the gun shop, where she purchased the firearm and ammunition. When I asked her about her use of the weapon, she said she needed it for protection. I am Dr Salisbury, the Home Office Pathologist. I conducted a post-mortem examination on the deceased. I found three bullet wounds. One of the bullets to the right side of the chest pierced the lung and heart. It also fractured a rib. In my opinion, it is this bullet wound which caused her death. I cannot say for certain what position the deceased was in when she received the gunshot. I find extremely unlikely that any of these wounds were caused while the deceased was under the bed. The majority of the blood escaped from the shot to the chest, so in my opinion, this was the initial wound. This is the case for the defence. I am Mrs Peake. I am the wife of Henry. We have been married around six years. Recently, myself and my husband have begun to argue and disagree. He began saying it was a mistake marrying me and that he did not want to be with me anymore. He said that he was interested in another woman and I was to move out. He would, on occasions, bring her home. He stopped providing for me, saying I should look after myself. He beat me with a stick on a couple of occasions, causing scars on my lips. He left me sometime last year. He went to live with Mrs James a short distance away. I admit, I did beg him to return. I also spoke with Mrs James and asked her to leave him as he was my husband. When I spoke with her later, she said that Henry wasn't married to me and she would do as she wished. As our problems continued, I got a separation order, but he failed to honour it. He refused to pay me any money. On the night this happened, I went to see my husband with regard to threatening letters he had sent me. I saw Mrs James and another woman go upstairs. I then heard my husband say he was going to bed. I recall Mrs Dorman going upstairs and shouting to Mrs James. They both came downstairs and I followed them. I heard my husband say, I am going upstairs, I am finished. While I was on the landing, my husband said to me, What are you doing here, bitch? I told him I wanted an explanation about the letters and the threats. I had my bag on my arm. He asked what I had in the bag and pulled it from my hand. He then went into a room quickly. I saw him stoop down by the bed. He then came out of the room and hit me several times saying he would do me in. I tried to pull the revolver from my chest area. I could hear him shouting to the men downstairs, come and kill her. By now, he was on the landing. I fired the gun at my husband. I did not see anyone else there. I think I fired all the shots in the same direction. I was dizzy from him hitting me and very upset. I then ran from the house into a doorway in the street. I did not know until I heard talking that I had shot a woman. I said to the policeman, it's all right, I did not intend to shoot this woman. It is correct that I brought the revolver for protection. It was my intention when I went to the address that night to find the two of them together. 
They needed to explain the letters and threats. My intention was to kill my husband and then kill myself. I did not say she looked under the bed and so I thought I had better let it go. I never said that. Members of the jury, as the judge in this case, I am bound to provide you with guidance on legal matters. You will shortly hear the summing up for both the prosecution and the defence. Before you do, I would just like to explain the following. The counsel for the defence have stated that if Mrs Peake had shot and killed her husband immediately after receiving blows to her head, then she would have been guilty of manslaughter. The blows to the head would constitute clear provocation immediately before the offence. If that is the case, then if she shot someone else instead of her husband, that would also be an offence of manslaughter. It is the case that if a person intends to commit murder, but accidentally murders someone else, then the offence remains as murder. You must consider if the provocation in this case upset the balance of her mind. If this is your belief that provocation occurred and her balance of mind was affected, then the offence is manslaughter. It is for you, the jury, to decide if this was indeed an accident, murder or manslaughter. Members of the jury, I will be putting the case for the prosecution before you. There is no doubt that Mrs Peake fired the fatal shot. It is the actions of her that caused the death of Mrs James. She fully admits she pulled the trigger and fired numerous times. There is no evidence to say she shouted any warnings to her husband. In fact, she did not shout any warnings to any of the people in the vicinity that night. She most definitely did not use the firearm in self-defence. Mrs Peake discharged every bullet in the chamber of that gun, all five of them. There was a clear intention to kill, a clear intention to murder. We have heard how she was upset that her husband had left her. We have heard how she begged him to return and we have heard how she blames the deceased for ruining her life. At any point, Mrs Peake could have left the house and walked away that night. It is clear that this was a premeditated attack. Members of the jury, this was planned. She had every intention to kill. In her own words, she confirms she intended to kill her husband. Mrs Peake states she needed the firearm for protection. Has the court heard any evidence in support of this? The answer is no. Has she ever been threatened with a firearm? The answer is no. That gun was loaded immediately after purchase. It is clear from the evidence of Mrs Peake that she was looking to find them both together. She was in a rage. She wanted her husband back. She blamed Mrs James for stealing him. You can see that her intention was to confront them both. She confronted them both, and I tell you, members of the jury, she intended to kill. She discharged all five bullets until the pistol was empty. Those bullets hit the deceased, causing fatal injuries. She told Police Constable Davis, She lives with my husband. I meant to shoot her. She has ruined my life. Her clear intention was to kill. Members of the jury, you must find the accused guilty of murder. Thank you, Your Honour. Members of the jury, I will be putting 
the case for the defence before you. My client does not dispute that she is the one that pulled the trigger. She does not dispute that it was her actions that led to the death of Mrs James. Those are the facts. However, members of the jury, you have heard how she was provoked. Her husband had beaten her with a stick previously. He left scars on her face. You have heard her tell you on the night he hit her so hard she was dizzy. It is clear Mrs Peake was scared of her husband. She lived in constant fear of him. It was this fear that caused her to buy the gun. She has come to this court and told you the truth. On her arrest by the police, she admitted her guilt. She has never used a firearm before. In fact, she had never discharged a gun before this event. My client just wanted to speak to her husband and Mrs James why they had sent the letters and why they were threatening her. It is when she was hit so hard by her husband that she became dizzy and in that moment her mental capacity was unbalanced and she fired the gun. You have heard the legal advice given by the judge. He states that if the intention was to kill, then the fact an innocent person was killed makes no difference. She should be guilty of murder. However, if her mental capacity was unbalanced at the time of the discharge of the weapon, then, had the bullet caused the death of her husband, the case would be one of manslaughter. It is then manslaughter, as the bullet did not connect with her husband, but a third party, Mrs James. It is obvious to you, members of the jury, that at the time Mrs Peake fired, she was suffering a mental imbalance, due to the excessive force used in the strikes on her by her husband. Was this not just an unfortunate accident? At most, members of the jury, Mrs Peake should only be found guilty of manslaughter. This is most definitely not a case of murder. Thank you, Your Honour. Members of the jury, it is now time for you to retire to the courtroom and consider your verdict. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the evidence in this case. I must remind you that to find the defendant guilty, you must be satisfied beyond any reasonable doubt of their guilt. On your return to the courtroom, you will deliver your decision. The verdicts available to you are guilty of murder, guilty of manslaughter or not guilty. If you find the defendant guilty, what sentence will you impose? Please visit our Facebook page, Armchair Detectives Wanted, where you will be able to discuss your theories and views with other members. It is now week five of our scenario. You approach the female on the floor. Her breathing is shallow. There is blood on her clothing and as you turn her over, you can see there is a knife in her chest. She is trying to speak with you, but you cannot understand her. What will you do? A. Remove the knife from her chest. B. Apply pressure to the wound to stem the bleeding. C. Request medical assistance. D. Leave the female on the floor and search the home for other victims or an offender. E. Ask the neighbour to join you to provide assistance. Thank you for listening to Armchair Detectives Wanted. You are one of the team. Remember, don't just listen, be involved. We really would appreciate you recommending our podcast to others. We look forward to you joining us next week for episode 6. We want to buy a house.